You are listening to Daily Devotions with Pastor Robert Marsbach. We believe that these devotions will encourage and strengthen you. So tune in, connect, and be blessed. For any more information, please visit us online at lifechurchuk.org. Welcome to Life Devotions, and thank you for joining me today. I'm ready to see Jesus is the title of this devotion. You see, the Bible says we all have to appear before Him who is the judge of all men, and we will all see Him. And the Bible says too in Philippians 2, to Him, to Jesus Christ, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that He is Lord to the glory of God. And if you look throughout the Scripture, there's several times throughout the history of God with man that God has made an oath by himself. In other words, he's sworn by himself that to him every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. And either we do it in this life and receive the reward in the next life or refuse to do it in this life and face the consequences in the next life. And oh, how wonderful when the Lord has brought you and I to a place where we bow before Him and surrender ourselves fully to the Creator of heaven and earth and say, I'm yours, Lord, I'm yours, save me. That's one of David's statements in Psalm 119. So I want to start reading with you here out of Hebrews chapter 9, verse 28, I am ready to see Jesus, is the title of this devotion. It says here in Hebrews 9, 28, So Christ was offered once to bear the sins of many. To those who eagerly wait for Him, He will appear a second time apart from sin for salvation. What is one of the readinesses of our heart, of our lives to see the Lord is that we have this inward longing to see Him. Job had this. You read it in Job. He says in chapter 19, I know my Redeemer lives, and while I'm in this flesh, I will see Him, and I will see Him for myself. That was in Job's heart, to see God. You could see it was in the heart of Moses in Exodus 33 and in Exodus 34 where he said, Lord, I want to see you. And God revealed himself to him in the glory of his mercy and grace, his long suffering, and abounding goodness and truth. Oh, I love all these thoughts, my dear friends. I love them. I long to have that same yearning, that same longing. Oh, Lord, I want to see you face to face. When my father in 1997 went to be with the Lord, sometime before, I was so brokenhearted about some of the trials he was going through. And I cried out to the Lord. I so cried out to God and God spoke to me from Psalm 17, verse 15. And he said, all is well between your father and me. And how my heart found a resting place 
Oh, soothing and comforting, despite that my father's trials were so great, I knew all is well between him. And it's the same as what Paul says in Romans 8, if the Lord be for us, who could be against us? If he spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how will he not freely with him also give us all things? So who could lay a charge against you if God himself has justified you? And who could condemn you? If Christ is the one who died for you, and even more than that is risen interceding for you. Read it there in Romans chapter 8, I think starting at verse 31. So be encouraged that all is well between you and God. And let that yearning that we see in Moses and in Job and David had it, oh, I long for you as the deer pants for the water, so my soul longs for you. Oh, in a dry and thirsty land, Psalm 63, that was Psalm 41, Psalm 63, in a dry and thirsty land, I thirst for you, oh God, for I've seen your power and glory in your temple and, my, and your love for me, your love and kindness for me is better than life itself. Therefore, my lips will praise you and I'll lift up my hands to your name. I just love these these thoughts and I take them to heart because I want to have this eagerly looking for the Lord. That is, I'm ready to see Jesus, that you have this daily longing to see the Savior and to see Him, not just when He appears, but to see Him today in you. Paul says in Philippians 1 verse 19, my eager expectation and desire is that in nothing I will be ashamed of myself, but that Christ is magnified in my body, whether be it in life or in death. And you see, Paul lived in that eager expectation to see the Lord in him on a day-to-day basis as we are his body and the temple of his Holy Spirit. Jesus in John chapter 14, starting at verse 16, Okay, listen, listen to this. 14, starting at verse 16. Jesus said, I will pray to Father and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. The Spirit, the Holy Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. Of course, you're speaking about the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit, because of the blood, was now allowed to come and live inside of us continuously and constantly and that nothing could stop him from abiding in us and with us because our sins were put away by the blood and we are now been imputed righteousness through the righteousness of God in Christ. So he says, he will be in you and I will not leave you as orphans because I'll come to you. You see, a little while longer and the world will see me no more, but you will see me because I live, you will live also. At that day, you will know that I'm in my Father, you in me, and I in you. He who has my commandments and keeps them is he who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. Judas, not Iscariot, said to him, Judas, the son of James, said to him, Lord, 
how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world? And Jesus answered and said to him, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word and my father will love him and we will come to him and make our home with him. Wow. And you see, I'm ready to see Jesus is there because of his indwelling life. You see, the Lord really can do nothing apart from his indwelling presence for you and me, because that is how God works. Many times we want to see God do something apart, but God says, no, I'm in you and with you. You are in me and with me. It's in our oneness, whatever you ask is granted, whatever you desire is given. And I want to encourage you, believe that you are ready to see Jesus. His indwelling presence is the readiness. Number one, he gives you that eager looking for his appearing. You long for him, you desire him, and that desire is going to grow stronger and stronger until you say, Lord, I live for heaven and for heaven alone. When my mother called me in 1979 in September, I was preaching in Slovenia and I had just finished a service and I had gone into the house where I was staying and my mama called me and she said to me, son, I'm looking at your papa's traveling clothes and she meant his body. He's not here anymore, he's left us. He's gone to be with the Lord, we'll see him later. I said, oh wow, mom. Thank you for calling me and telling me. I'll be praying for the whole family and I'll come and see you as soon as I can. And we hung up the phone and I'll never forget it in that little bitty room where I was in that house there in Slovenia. I went on my knees at that moment and I said, Father, I want to live for heaven alone. I want to live for heaven alone. Oh, friends, Jesus lived from above and for heaven alone. And as I'm getting older, not that I feel old by any means, I feel renewed in my youth daily by the Holy Spirit in me, but as I know my time is getting nearer, naturally speaking, I long more for heaven. And it's grown stronger and stronger and stronger in me. You see, that's the readiness to see Jesus. The Bible says in Proverbs 4, verse 18, right? Proverbs 4. For, but the path of the just is like the shining sun that shines even brighter until that perfect day. In other words, the life that we live in following our Lord Jesus becomes brighter and brighter as the day of us going to see him grows nearer. What a glorious thing to live in. So what I want to show you next, two things. I'm ready to see Jesus. I eagerly look for his appearing. His life in me makes me want to please him, obey him, do what he says. That is a, all signs that you are ready to see him. Sec thirdly, is that you have this knowing 
this knowing that you are known by him. And Jesus said in John 10 verse 14, I am the good shepherd and I know and recognize my own and my own know and recognize me even as truly as the Father knows me and I also know the Father. You see, when we have this inconsistency of knowing, our Christian life can be a painful struggle because it constantly hammers our conscience and our faith when we come out of the knowing. And that knowing is maintained in us by the Holy Spirit abiding in us, but also by our abiding in Him. He says, in that day you will know I am in the Father and you in me and I in you. John 14, verse 19 and 20. See, it's our abiding in Him that he talks about also there in John 15. I'm the vine, you are the branches. If you abide in me and my word abides in you, you'll bear the fruit of my nature and character in your in your self, in your person, in your soul, your living being. You'll begin to recognize my indwelling life by partaking of my divine nature, my divine purity and honesty and uprightness and holiness and love for God and, and love for the word and love for the neighbors and love for your enemies and so forth. And you see, this readiness is maintained and perfected in us to see Jesus by this knowing that we know Him even as we are known by Him. The Apostle Paul in 2 Timothy chapter 4 writes here his last letter. 2 Timothy is the last letter that we have of the Apostle Paul out of his 13 letters of the New Testament. <clears throat> this was the last one that he wrote from a dungeon in Rome just before he was beheaded right outside of Rome by Nero as Peter was crucified upside down or along those times. And Paul says this, listen closely. 2 Corinthians 4 verse 6. I am already being poured out as a drink offering. He's using Old Testament talking how they, when they brought the offering, they would pour out a drink offering in front of the altar. Anyway, I am already being poured out as a drink offering and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Finally, there's laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day, and not to me only, but also to all who have loved his appearing. You see, again, loved his appearing. That we just are so thankful that he came the first time for our sin. And the second time, according to Hebrews 9, 18, he is coming again for our salvation, to perfect or to complete or bring to fullness, completion, our salvation as He presents us to the Father. But Paul says, I'm ready. I have fought a good, noble fight. I have kept the faith. And you see, this knowing 
that I'm talking to you about that is one of the signs of readiness. It's maintained by spirit of Him abiding in us through the Holy Spirit and us abiding in Him through faith. By faith, we abide in Him. By faith, we have access into this grace in which we stand, it says in Romans 5 verse 1. It is by trusting, relying, depending, and putting our trust in Him that we are joined into His heavenly life. And Jesus even said it in Luke 18 in the parable of the unjust judge. He said, when the Son of Man returns, will He find faith on the earth? What is it that the Lord is looking for in you and me on a daily basis? That we trust Him. We rely Him. Rely on Him. We depend on Him. We stay in faith. We stay in faith. And yes, like Paul says, it's a fight sometimes. It is a real holding fast and no, I know my Redeemer lives, like Job said in chapter 19. No, I will trust. I will not lean on my own understanding. I will trust in God. I don't understand what's happening, but what I do understand is that the Lord loves me and is with me. And that's enough for me to hold steady. If the Lord is on my side, I don't understand at all. I don't, if I try to understand it all, I can get hurt, I can get bitter, I can get resentful, but I'm not going to go there because there's no profit in that at all. I can commit it to the Lord and trust Him. You see, some people find this difficult. Why? Because everything has to be reasoned with the mind. But faith is able to break that yoke of reason. And though it may be completely unreasonable, yet we trust Him. And there are so many examples throughout scriptures where if people would have gone by their natural thinking, they would have failed to see God's goodness. But because they trusted in Him, despite what was so confusing, hurtful, difficult, God brought them through to the praise and the glory of His name. And so it's so important, friends, that we trust Him. Now, in closing of this devotion, I want to read you two scriptures. The first one is 1 Corinthians chapter 1, starting at verse 4. <clears throat> thank, <coughs> excuse me. I thank my God always concerning you for the grace of God, which was given to you by Christ Jesus, that you were enriched in everything by him in all utterance and knowledge, even as the testimony of Christ was confirmed in you, that you came short in no gift, eagerly waiting for the revelation of the Lord, our Lord Jesus Christ. You see that? Eagerly waiting. That's one of the readinesses. And perhaps you say to me, you know, Pastor Robert, I don't have this. I don't have it at all. Well, maybe that's why we're doing these devotions for God to alert you, awaken you, and bring to your thoughts. Start looking to Him, the author and finisher of your faith, and keep looking to Him, as it says in Hebrews 12. Look to Him, and you'll become radiant, as David says in Psalm 34, with expectation of Him coming again for your salvation. You see, He says here, eagerly waiting for the revelation of our Lord Jesus Christ. Listen now, verse 8. Who will also confirm you to the end 
that you may be blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful by whom you were called into the fellowship of His Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Again, verse 8, Jesus, who will also confirm you to the end that you may be blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. Lastly, but not least, oh, I love this verse, how it has helped me in times of temptation, in times of the devil's accusations that I wasn't good enough for God, that I will never be transformed into his likeness because I was still so earthly and so human. This scripture has helped me to live in readiness despite that I wasn't made perfect yet. And folks, don't ever listen to the devil. He's such a liar. He's always trying to make you feel so human and so earthly and then blame you for being all human and earthly, that you're not divine enough, not holy enough, not heavenly enough. Don't listen to those voices. Don't listen. That's not Jesus talking. Jesus draws you with courts of loving kindness and tender mercies. Jesus reveals himself in you by his Holy Spirit and makes you radiant with his glory Oh, Jesus is wonderful. Don't listen to the devil's lies that you're not good enough for God. Take this next scripture, 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 23 and 24, and begin to pray it and meditate on it. Listen to it. Now, may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And he who calls you is faithful, who also will do it. What will he do? See to it that you will be found blameless at his appearing. Now, put your total heart and mind and body and soul into his capable nail prints hands and say, Lord Jesus, I know you are the sovereign. You are the almighty everlasting God, the Father, almighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. I completely yield myself to you to sanctify, set apart, make holy my whole spirit, soul and body and present me blameless at your appearing, that I'm radiant with your glory when I see you. Amen.